We're going to do this episode a little differently. You're not going to hear a whole lot from me. In fact, you're not going to hear a whole lot from JMac either. If you remember last episode, we introduced you to JMac's coach. Well, right after that episode was released, JMac had quite a few coachable moments, and he wanted to share them with you. So let me set the scene. JMac plays keyboard in a band that gets together and performs from time to time. He's actually really talented. Well, it turns out they had gigs on back-to-back nights a couple of weeks ago. JMac's performances were very different from one night to the next. JMac wants to tell you why. Because what you are going to hear more than anything is making the biggest difference for him as he walks out this journey with stage four pancreatic cancer. What happened? You were talking about chastening, so meaning like you really coached him hard last weekend. You gave him some direction. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't playing at his full potential. And and you know when I grew up, I'm, I love my mom and dad. I mean, from a standard, uh, you know, in our country or in the world, people would say, "Yo, your mom and dad are so great and all that." But the problem was that they they did not push me and and chasten me, correct me to my full potential. And I think it's in us to feel sorry or to be compassionate and oh, you're having a bad day or you know you know you you didn't you you. You didn't get enough rest last night, so that's why they're grouchy or, you know, there's all kinds of excuses for us not to play at our full potential. And so, like, I went to this, you know, I went to this place where Jason was playing music. You know, it was like, you know, Jason plays the keyboard. I mean, he's like he's like a rock star. You know, Jason's like he's like Elton John. I, I, I can't describe it. Jason wants to be like Ray Charles and Elton John. And, he, you know, he's. He just, but he's just Jason. And it's so funny because he'll, you, I mean, you, when you have your keyboard, you'll record things, right? How do you, how do you put your music together? Well, um, there's a couple of, there's backing tracks yeah. on the keyboard. And then I, whatever song I I want to play, I either have it memorized or well, I your, improvise. Your, your backing tracks is like your orchestra yeah. or your backup group. I mean, backup you know, group. you're the keyboard, so you got to put like what? You put drums I put in? drums. I put you know, bass guitar. You put your team together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you're a one man band, but you're not really because you've got all these parts yeah. that go with you. Right. You got to have the parts in the music. Yeah. To keep- well, anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're playing at your little gig. as we call it in the music industry. I don't know anything about music. I know a lot about the spirit and I know your potential and I know what you can do. And I've heard you play your little butt off. So anyway, and he's like, I'm going to play. You know, and I said to you, I said, now, look, are you physically ready to play? You know, can you play physically? I didn't know how you were doing. You've been in chemo, right? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to play. I can play physically. And so I said, okay, well, good. Well, I look forward to hearing you play tonight, you know, and and you went out there and you started playing, you know, you, you felt, what'd you feel? Well, I felt, I felt like, you know, I was playing, I was adding to the to the music, I, was, I played all the songs. Um, even got up, stage, yeah, yeah, got up on the stage afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Got up on the stage. You sang. I sang. We had a he, little after party. I do. The after parties we, are we, always fun. There was a post party, and I watched you sing, and you know, you, you maybe danced a little bit. Yeah, so physically, you were, you were, yeah. you were doing good. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was feeling okay physically. Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't feel yeah. like the physical condition yeah. would be an excuse. 
yeah. that I would use. And and the crowd actually thought that, oh, J-Mac's back, J-Mac. Oh, that, that guy's got stage four cancer. Oh, it's so great to have him back. And he's up there, you know, and people are clapping. And, you know, I, I don't think most people would have felt anything. They would have said, I don't know if they would have said, that's great. I don't think anybody would have right. left saying that's great, but they would have said that's good. Right. That's good. Right. There was nothing that stood out as, oh, that it's really, really bad. No, no. Yeah. And, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, where is he? Where is this guy that I coach? Where is he? This is like ridiculous. You know, where is your, where is your enthusiasm? Where is your hype? Where, where, you know, where's your energy? And because I know you, I know what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And I could have easily said, oh, that's good. Yeah, come here. Let me hug you. I'm like, hell no. Like, because that's hell. When I didn't play to my full potential, it was hell. And I suffered like I was in hell. You know what I'm saying? It's like I was coming up short of what God said I could be or have or do or even feel. And I wasn't feeling him. Cheryl, I wasn't feeling him. I was like, jeez. Like he's playing like he's dying. And, and uh, you know, and, and then people allow that. No, play like you're alive. You've been talking about that and how God's moved for you. And you know, we have this emotional podcast where you're sharing, you know, you're grabbing my hand. We're having this emotional moment. Okay, that's good. I, I, I love that. I appreciate that, you know. But you were in the game. You were in the game and you could have a lot of effect on everyone. And you had an effect. But do you want to go out in life thinking, gosh, I kind of had more of an effect? Or do you want to go out saying, I played my best? I swung, you know, I was Christ-like, whatever that means to someone. I, I think like Christ-like means I should be thinking, walking, doing. And there's so many things that contradict that. There's so many things we accommodate in our life that allows us, there's so many things we compromise that allows us to come up short of our potential. And I wanted to play at my full potential. And like, I want to coach people that want to be coached to play to their full potential. If you can think you can play for your full potential somewhere else, then go. That's great. But you weren't doing it when I met you. And you had a lot of coaches and you had a lot of, lessons and you had a lot of things you were reading, but you were still coming up short. I only coach people that know they're coming up short. You know, I'm not looking for everybody that's well, that's doing great. I'm looking for someone that needs a coach. And the evidence of my coaching will be in the fruit, as they say, I guess in the spiritual environment, or will be the the evidence will be the joy, the peace, the happiness, the power that they have, no matter what their circumstance is. So I'm not going to make an excuse for your circumstance. And you were, and you're, you know, Laura, Dr. Laura will, and, you know, because sometimes, you know, you're not as objective with your patients when you're married to one, right? They don't let you work on your patient if they're your like husband. So you have to go to another doctor um, because we're not as objective with our kids or our spouses or our boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, or whoever we, we, you know, I want to, I want to be objective with what God says about you. What is your potential? And I'm not going to sit back and be okay and say something's good when you can do better. I can say, okay, that's good, but you can get to the nuts. So I didn't say you, you know, I didn't, I did not say you played bad. I don't think I did. Did I? I don't think so. 
I just said, you like, where are you? Yeah. Like, you know what? Uh-uh. As your coach, uh-uh. You can't, you can't play music anymore if that's how you're going to play. Because you're not playing. Like, sit out. Sit down. Now, if you want to play, then play. And uh, so, I mean, so anyway, you want to tell the story? We go to lunch. Yeah. So, we go to lunch and, you know, we had this conversation where, you know, we talked about, well, is that, you know, last night, like, why would you, why would I say to you, hey, you should, you should not play music anymore? Why would I, why would I say that? Well, actually, I said, you know, hey, you're, I'm cutting you from the music team you're on. Yeah. And I said, now, can you tell me why I'm cutting you? And some young kid came up, right? <clears throat> they, they, uh, that we knew. And they were listening. They were listening they were to the listening. conversation that we were having, mm-hmm. right? Because it seemed, because they were like, they left and they told their mom, they said, oh my gosh, his coach just, you know, he's, he's dying of cancer. He's in stage four cancer. And that's kind of, that's kind of tough. That's mean. How would you cut a guy when you just let him play, you know, that, that and th- that's the standard that's been lowered. Right. Like if you're going to be on the team, play like you are. You know, right. if I need to accommodate you to play at your full potential, then I will. But if you're going to play, play. Don't come in there and just play okay or good. I've always, you know, coached you to be your best. And if you do your best, I don't care what the score is. I don't care what title you get. If you do your best, that's good enough. I'm not measuring you on what the world is saying is the best. You know, or what society would say is the best. I'm I'm measuring you. I'm coaching you to be your best and who God made you to be. And so, yeah, I cut your ass. <laughs> I did. It was like, I mean, last week here, this podcast, everybody's crying. Oh, what a wonderful, what a sweet coach and what a sweet relationship. Yeah, if you're like following the instruction and when you're not, you know, then you get a different tone. Do you have a different tone when you chasing your kids? I do. I yeah. Do. Well, you should, yeah. but some people don't, they'll chase someone, put them in the corner and hug them. Right. You know, they just want to hug them, you know, and as soon as that, you know, the clock stops or they stop crying or whatever, and then they just run and hug them. We'll come here and hug them. Like I put a mind on probation. Like if you go to jail, you come out like I'll hug you when you start living it. I'm not hugging you in prison. I'm forgiving you in prison. And I want to hug you when you demonstrate, don't do it again when you get out. So there has to be a, like a conversion, whether you're coming out of prison, whatever your prison is. I was in prison, you know, locked in myself or my car or, or, or my mind, or they say carnality. I just was in my own prison of what coming up short, never arriving or achieving what was in my heart to do. And that's when I met you. Almost 20 years, you told me 19, 20 years ago, I met you and that you were coming up short. So why would I coach you and agree and be happy when you're up short, when you could have played better? You know, and I asked your wife, you know why I'm cutting him? You know, uh, why, you know, why am I cutting? Y'all couldn't answer. I said, well, you know, have you seen me play at my best? What does that look like? You know? And I said, were you playing at your best Saturday night? And you said, no. I said, okay, you just made my point. Um, and then you had another chance. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, yeah. The there was a, there was another gig going on on July 4th. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a place where there's going to be music and, you know, you know, barbecue, live DJ, live DJ mm-hmm. fireworks, you know, and you decided to try out for the team. I just cut you on and you showed up and you played like your potential. And I was happy. You know, but I'm never happy with myself or I'm never happy with anyone else if you don't play to your full potential. It's like, well, uh, we lost the game at the end. Did you play your best? Because playing your best is the win. You can't measure yourself by score or you're going to be up and down your whole life. It's not the score. The score will let the score. Let the chips fall where they may. Did you leave it all on the court? Did you play your best? And this, you could live 20 more years, J-Mac, but, you you know, according to statistics, you won't. So you don't have a lot of wiggle room. It's like your fourth quarter. Play your best. Or do you want to start playing your worst or you want to play halfway in the fourth quarter? No. Suffer. Put it out there. Apply the lessons. Give. Are you playing for yourself or are you playing for the crowd? In the, in the stadium, you know, who are you playing for? You're playing for the team. You're playing for yourself. And I, I just like, you know, I won't have regrets if I'm playing, you know, my best, but by not playing my best taught me that I would have regrets, but I don't regret learning how to play at my best because I learned the tribulation, the trials, the experiences I got, got me to this place. Same thing for you. Yeah. And then what happened? You tell me what happened Sunday night, huh? Yeah, Sunday night. At oh, the- yeah. You bring your keyboard. You got your backup band. You're, you're like auditioning. I got two outfits. You're, I always said this. If you would play like you're trying out, mm-hmm. like if you'd go to work every day like you interview, because when someone interviews, you, you, you look the best, you smell the best, you're the nicest, you know. And, you know, on your first interview, if you come in kind of like halfway, guess what you're going to get for the rest of your employment? You know, I'm not fooled by how people come and interview. You know, it's what they do outside that interview proves out whether you made the right selection or not. I want to select people that will play their best. That's what that uh, hockey team in 1980, the miracle team, had. He didn't have the best players. You can have a great play or a game. He wanted to find people that what would listen to his coaching because they needed a new system. They needed people need to see something different with you, not the same old podcast. But he picked people that he could coach that he knew would give them uh, give him a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, that's who I want to play with now. Not you know murmurs and complainers and naysayers and oh Debbie doubters or Debbie downers or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I want to play people that have an attitude that I want to play my best. And so you know you had an attitude adjustment, not a physical adjustment. An attitude adjustment because your attitude, your mindset is what was causing you to play okay or good. Right. Perspective shift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's like what he said to those players. He said, uh, he said to his assistant coach, Herb Brooks on that team, he said, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. And the right players are the ones that will leave it all on the court, right. leave it all on the ice. Right. And follow the instruction. And follow the instruction. The one that he could coach to their full yeah. potential. And when they didn't, on that miracle team in 1980, when they didn't listen to the coaching or focus on the game versus focusing on themselves, when they, when those two guys or the three guys were looking in the stands instead of looking at the game and focusing on like how the coach was focused on it, you know, they tied. 
And it was unacceptable to tie because he had to coach them to get the gold. And some people say, well, he was too tough or too mean and all that. They won the gold. They beat the Russians. They, they beat did. a professional team with a bunch of hockey players that weren't even the best hockey players in America. Hadn't been done in 20 years. Right, because they came a family. Sometimes it's interesting because you're not sure you're not giving your best because, Jason, you said you thought it was fine. You thought you it was the win was you showed up and you played, and it wasn't until somebody points out to you there's more in you that you even registered, oh, there might be more in me. He forgot yeah. the standard. Yeah. I mean, the, the standard will tell you if you're playing at your best. Yeah, and it, yeah, I wouldn't have had a night like I had on the next night, the 4th of July, if we hadn't had that conversation about where were you at? Where, why were you not? Because you lowered the standard for yourself Saturday. Yeah. Mentally. Mentally. I don't know. I don't know all what was going on in your mind that night when you were playing. I pulled you to the side. I talked to you. I said, Hey, are you sure you're ready to play? He said, yeah. Yeah. I said, do you feel physically ready to play? And you said, yeah. But where were you mentally? I'm not inside of your mind. I can see your body, but I'm not inside your mind. Well, I think it's, it, it is kind of like Cheryl said, you show up and you think showing up is the win, making it through the, the show is the win. That's not the win. The win is being able to do everything that you can do when you're there. But I could tell, I could feel the lack of power, energy around you, right? And you were kind of having a hard week because of your taste buds were gone or what, whatever was going on with you. You know, now your taste buds are kind of back now. Now he's eating like a horse, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, but like having a right attitude to give your best, whether your taste buds are on or off is, is what I'm talking about. Right. So like right before you went to play, I looked at you and I felt you and I went and hugged you. Right. Right. Okay. And so what did you feel when I hugged you? Cause he started crying. Yeah. I felt understood. And appreciated. Because I could feel you. Hey, yeah. I know you're not you're yourself. Right. Right. And so I hugged you. And then when I let J-Mac go, he grabbed me again and hugged me harder. Because you were think. what were you thinking about? I think something I'm, about yourself. Yeah, I think I was thinking about the hard week I had. Yeah. And it was nice to have someone come over and and. Check in on me. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of hard weeks, right. but I have to go to work. Exactly. I have to be a coach. I have to be a dad. That's no excuses exactly. having a hard week. That's, that's what we make excuses in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we make excuses for our kids. And it's unacceptable when I know you can play at a certain level. And I expect that. And it brings, it brings you down when you look at it that way. Like the next well, night of course. Is, a, is a, I mean, there's no difference. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. You still had a bad week. Right. <laughs> it, this week was behind you. Right? Right. And you played your butt off. I even took over the DJ responsibility. You did. You moved. The, the guy got up and you took over the DJ. You were you had your thing recorded and you were like playing, you know, Elton John would have been proud of you. You know, Ray Charles would have. Uh, he would have seen the light. My God, J-Mac is playing unbelievable. But I mean, you know, gosh, like Saturday was like, oh, oh, that poor guy's dying and, you know, I'm. Hey, Marge, do you see that guy over there? That guy's got stage four pancreatic cancer, you know? Gosh. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? Well, at least he came tonight, you know? And kind of, it's almost like, you know what? You were feeling sorry for yourself. 
Yeah. You, and you, yeah. And, and last time I talked to you, you were telling me like how great life was and how you'd found life and this, how can you, you know, we were talking about how you, can you call something bad good when it's helping you live? Yeah. You lost that. Yeah. It, it's a perspective shift. You lose that perspective, yes. which is the standard. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking last night when we were driving around, I was thinking, you know what? Um, like I, you know, I think, I think sometimes like God allows me to remember some things to push me towards the standard. And I was thinking if I didn't have the experience that I'm having right now, I would not be learning to live the way that I'm learning to live right now. And there are some things that I'm letting go of and shedding and dying to because of the situation that I'm in, that I would not have the opportunity to do that if I didn't have this experience. And I know that God is good. I know that he's a good father. I know that he purposes things for a reason. And I also understand exactly what you mean when you talk about not judging things before the time. Well, I, I, you know, in, in, in your spiritual, you like to talk about spiritual things, but I mean, there's someone that you admire in the Bible named Paul and he, and, 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 and in his weakness, he said he was playing at his full strength. That's right. His capacity. You have an opportunity to prove something. That's right. By sacrificing or suffering and playing your best, no matter what you're, that's the example instead of like, you know, having an excuse. And so that's why if you needed support, I was like, what do you need? You need a, you know, a nice cushy chair. What, what do you need? You said you're going to play and you said, you know, I'm fine. But what you needed was an attitude, a mindset, a, some, a change in your mind because the standard had been lower. You were judging where you're at. Instead of believing what you could do. Right. Despite maybe, you know, the bad week you had. Right. It's so interesting because through the whole journey of the stories you've been sharing with us, every time there's a perspective shift, there's this totally different result. I'm seeing you energetic and it's just totally different. Yeah. It's, a cha- it's just a change in perspective and God's spirit. That's how that spirit comes in is by believing that it's possible, not just looking at myself, but looking at where, where can I be? What's, what does my full potential look like? And God is able to get me there to do that. Well, here's the evidence. The evidence is that you got that power and strength back and energy back before your second infusion, right? Right. Okay. And you kept it after right. your treatment. Right. I mean, you had it before and after because some people could say, well, well, yeah, he started to feel better because that's how the chemo treatment does. Or he's starting to feel better because that's the second. No, no, that, 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 that is not true. Right. Yeah. My yeah. last treatment was, well, today's, so three days ago. Yeah. So I do feel like giving credit to God for that and his spirit. It was. It, it because, was. Yeah, there's no other You defied the odds. You there's, defied the odds. And that's what, honestly what's been in my heart to do. To do. You've and he's all given me opportunity to do it. I know. And, you need, and, and when I met you for the first time 20 years ago, you didn't have a coach. Right. And right. I can't, I, and what happened is that I hugged you, then you grabbed me again and you hugged me and, and you, you cried some. And it, it was a tough week. And, and I did understand. I did. Why would I be hugging you? Sure. But then I let you go, and then you had to get into your, you had to go to the band. You had to play. You had to get in the game. Yeah. You know, but the hug didn't do it. Right. The hug didn't do it. You know, it was after the bad 
I would, to, was it a bad performance? Well, wait a minute. Okay. Depends who you talk to. Most people would say that was a good performance. Actually, it was an unacceptable performance. Did I say it was bad? No, but I said it was unacceptable. Wow. That's something to think about. Uh, would you say unacceptable is bad? I would. <laughs> I would. He could have missed all. a lot of notes. You could have forgot the words to the song. That would have been okay. Right. But you weren't playing at your full potential. Yeah. You didn't bring it. You've got to bring your A game. You can't go into the the last, the seventh game of a tied series and win the NBA championship. Michael Jordan brought his A game. You might not like the guy. You might think he's cocky. You might not even like the Bulls. It doesn't matter. What I like about him is that he gave his best naturally, sports wise, whatever. What I'm saying is that I, I've, I've coached you to give your best at the job. I've coached you to give your best when you play music. But I've also coached you to give your best when you're a dad and when you're a husband. I, I've, I've, I've coached you to give your best to God. I've coached you to things that pertain to spiritual things and things pertaining to uh, natural things based on what you want, what you want. But what you want is what I want, too. Like, you got to want what your coach wants. And your yeah. coach has got to want what you want. That's a match. That's right. And when you have that, then you have to have, listen to what I'm saying. You have to have a coach that demonstrates his best. He doesn't have to be on the, he doesn't have to catch a pass or throw a football. But how he demonstrates his best is how he coaches and the time he puts in it. So when you match that up with a player that does the same, then you have a great team and a relationship. That's right. And then you have a great life. And any life coach that is truly committed wants that for their players, for them to have a great life, for them to reach their full potential, for them to give their very, very best. Saturday night, you were living like you were dying. And Sunday night, you were living like you were living. And that's a big difference. It was beautiful. And you went off. And I was like, man, he brought his A game. He did his best. At the beginning of this episode, we told you it's not the chemotherapy or the doctors that are making the difference for J-Mac right now. He says it's the coaching. It's his mindset. It's not always comfortable for him, and he realizes it may not even be comfortable for us to listen to at times. We may not be able to understand. But all Jason knows is that as he listens to and follows what his coach is saying, it's doing an incredible work, and it's amazing to see it happen. J-Mac's cancer journey continues on, and as always, you can follow along with him on his blog at jmaxdreamteam.com or on his social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.